So the number one bucket list item for visiting Colorado is called the Royal Gorge. It's a giant suspension bridge in Canyon City, Colorado. It's actually the tallest suspension bridge in the U.S. at 955 feet off of the canyon floor. And my God, I, this was not on my bucket list when we went there. But it brought me just one bucket list item closer to death. That was a terrifying experience. It was pretty terrifying. And we're going to talk more about that later in this episode. My name is Ryan, a born and raised Colorado native. And I'm Carrie, a Texas transplant and a Colorado newbie. And this is the Hashtag Colorado Life Podcast, where we help newcomers and natives explore like a local. Together, we're a married couple living along the Front Range in Colorado. So today we're talking about five of our favorite day trips to take in the Rocky Mountains. Normally, we would actually mention Glenwood Springs, which is one of our absolute favorite places to go. Um, But we're actually talking about that in our next episode coming up next week, which is one of our destination profile episodes. So that's going to be exciting. But as promised, let's talk a little bit more about the Royal Gorge in Canyon City. So that would be one of our top. I don't know if it's our favorite place to go, but it was our most memorable. <laughs> oh, yes. When you get there, you pull up, you uh, you go through the visitor center, you do the whole enjoying seeing what how it was built, the history. They kind of have some, some chachis and they have some things there, just like, you know, typical touristy place. You walk through and they're, they kind of usher you towards, they encourage you to take the gondola across. Well, first of all, let's back up and talk about how... This place is basically in the middle of nowhere, and it was really kind of difficult to find because the sign was really small, and we actually passed it when we were supposed to be turning into Canyon City to get to Royal Gorge, and then you kind of go through these little windy roads into the middle of nowhere, and then you see this cool giant chasm, basically, Mm -hmm. with a parking lot and a visitor center next to it. Okay, continue your story. So we walk through, and uh, we get ushered down to... The gondola, which is what they encourage you to take across. You don't have to. You can just, like, go enjoy the bridge. We're like, oh, look at this nice view. This is so beautiful. And then we hop on this red gondola with these two other people. Yeah, we were really excited. Like, okay, cool. Let's go on this gondola. It's going to be really fun. We're going to go over the canyon, like, over across where this huge chasm is to the other side. And then you can do all this cool stuff over there and go through the museum and all these things, and then walk back on the bridge. Yes, and so they close the door, and we get going on the gondola, and it starts moving, and, you you know, you're used to a gondola or or ski lifts or something like that when you go go skiing, where you're maybe, like, 25 feet off the ground, where you're like, "If if this fell, I'd be falling into some nice soft snow. No worries. Maybe break a leg or something, but... Oh, my God. Almost a 1,000 feet up and looking down was pretty terrifying. I I don't really have a fear of heights, but when you're, like, sandwiched up against the window and then the couple across from you are giving off the worst energy ever, okay, babe, I think we're going to die here. (laughs) Okay, it was real nice knowing you, okay? Oh, my God, did they not make it fun. So we're feeding off their energy. I look down. My wife has her nails digged into my arm. There's blood trickling down. I'm like, okay, woman, calm down. I know where this is terrifying and blood pressure is incredibly high. (laughs) But my hand's turning white. (laughs) 
I'm pretty sure my entire face turned white. And all the blood rushed out of my face and my heart to my feet. And it was the most scary thing I have ever done, especially at least in my adult life. And this was just like last year when we did this, by the way. It was pretty recent. And it was like there was no glass bottom, thankfully, because if there was, I probably would have fainted, actually. (laughs) But, like, going across it, you are just, like, counting down the seconds until you get to the place where they will let you off. It's because like... Because you think you're going to die. Yes. It's, like, 45 seconds across, but you, you, you're counting down. It's, it's, like, an hour across. It was... It was absolutely terrifying. So, if you want to take the gondola across, it is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Do I it. I say that. Do it. <laughs> Do it. It'll be... You'll never forget it. Um, the only other way to get across is... With the bridge, which you just basically walk across the bridge. We'll talk about that in a a little bit here in a second. But I think there's also, like, where you can... Is it... They put you in, like, this harness or something, and then they, like, let you go across the middle... What is that called? Like, bungee jumping, but... You know when they have it at, like, a amusement park? That's the word I'm thinking of. Yeah. Where they have those giant cranes that lift you up, and then you just swing back and forth... For a couple minutes, they have one of those, but it goes off the side of the of the gorge mm-hmm. over a thousand foot drop. Yeah, so that was also one we did not do. No, I do not plan on doing that either. <laughs> Once our feet were safely yes. on the ground on the other side, it was pretty cool. They had like a little petting zoo with some uh, some sh- goats and sheep. Um, a lot of stuff for kids to do, and yes. like they had this big carousel that kids could ride, and a lot of activities, and um, like food carts, and mm-hmm. you know you can get some ice cream cones or whatever. So that was really cool. Yeah, and then there was also a little museum over there, and you could go watch a free movie about the history of the Royal Gorge. Which I'm a history buff, so just learning anything like that is super interesting to me. So it was it was cool to go over and see, and it's it's not just like. You know, what do you, what do you do? You come over and see a bridge that just doesn't sound fun, but going and seeing a bridge and the history and why it's there is actually really interesting. And it was, so it was fun to do. And after we did that, we kind of walked down the path a little bit and we had to cross the bridge, which is... The second most terrifying thing <laughs> I have done. Yes. Particularly on a windy day. Yeah, I mean, it's a suspension bridge, so it's not super stable. I mean, no, you're over this giant hole, basically. It's stable. But. It's stable enough, yes, but it still moves around. And when you, when you get to the center, there is a lot of wind and a lot of, you know, stuff going back and forth. And it makes you feel unstable a little bit. It's totally safe, obviously. Everybody's on there, too. But uh, once I got to the middle of it, I started walking faster and faster and faster to get uh-huh. off the other end. <laughs> And that's it. That was our Royal Gorge experience. I mean, it was it was memorable, and I'm glad that I did it. I don't necessarily need to go back and do that anytime soon. Yes. It was it was breathtaking views, and it was really fun oh, to yeah. do. And it's really cool to see. Um, but if you have any sort of fear of heights or uh, high blood pressure, this is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> if you don't have a fear of heights, you will now. Yes. <laughs> okay, so number two on our list of favorite day trips... To take in the Rocky Mountains is Estes Park. Yes, Estes Park is a really cool town. It, it kind of holds a, a special place for me. I used to go here a lot as a kid. Um, the really neat thing about it is it's a town that is actually completely surrounded and sandwiched in to the Rocky Mountain National Park. Mm-hmm. So you're completely surrounded by nature that is legally enforced untouchable. 
Yeah, it's really pretty. Um, like you said, it is surrounded by this amazing national park, which is actually our number three on the list. So we'll talk about that right after this. But there's so many animals there. You do feel like you're in the middle of this protected, like, wild land, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the fall, a lot of the elk migrate, you know, from the mountains. And they go through this town to get to other grazing pastures and, you know, where they're going to settle down for the winter. And it is really cool to see, like, just all these, like, hundreds of elk yes. migrate through the city. So that's a really cool thing, too, that it's surrounded by all this nature. It is also where... Uh, Stephen King, the American author, Stephen King, he stayed at the Stanley Hotel, and that was actually the inspiration for the book and the movie The Shining. Okay. Isn't the Stanley Hotel, like, also haunted, or it's, like, on a bunch of lists for... That's kind of the reason why he was inspired. Yeah, Yeah, because a lot of paranormal people, or people who are into paranormal things, they really like to visit that hotel, do the tours, stay at the hotel... So, if you're into that, that's a cool thing to check out. Too. Yeah, I've seen a couple episodes where they've of of those ghost adventure shows where mm-hmm. they they go into the Stanley Hotel and they stay there, and it's why is it always room thirteen? <laughs> it's always like <laughs> level thirteen, you know, floor thirteen. Uh-huh. All right, so number three on our list is the Rocky Mountain National Park. Yeah, that's the it's the surrounding area around Estes Park. So, if you ever wanted to go and spend a good amount of time in that area, you'd have plenty to do, and you'd have a nice home base in Estes Park. Um, the Rocky Mountain National Park is, it's its big, it's rugged, it's really cool. Uh, we went there last January, I believe. Yes, we've been to the Rocky Mountain National Park a couple different times. Yes. Uh, it's a really cool place, it's really, it's huge, it's really rugged, it's really awesome to see. There is a lot to do, and there's so many trails and paths that you can take that even if you were to spend an entire month there, you could easily never see the same thing twice. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you you drive up, and you do have to pay a little bit to get into the park. Unless it's a free day. Yes, depending on which, you know, route you're taking. Um, so that you, you can actually drive in and you just drive through and you can stop off and then you can go hiking or you can just basically drive through the whole thing mm-hmm. and just get out and take pictures if you want or like have a picnic or whatever. So it can be as rugged or as easy as you would like. It has a huge, like a really tall road, has the highest continuously paved road in uh, the U.S., and it ha- takes you up to an elevation of 12,183 feet. So you're really up there. You're you're definitely above treeline. Mm-hmm. So it's a really great place to get up and see some really spectacular views. And actually to see some nature. Maybe not up there. Maybe you can spot them down below. But I remember when we were driving, we just uh, I, I was just putting along, no problem. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Carrie goes, look at Moose. I'm like, what? No. Yeah. Right beside, on the side of the road, we just stopped and pulled off, and we could just see it through, and we actually did a little video, and we could see it through our window. Yeah, I don't know how I missed a moose. He was pretty big, too. He was huge, and he yeah. had huge antlers. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, pretty much any time you go there, you're going to see some sort of animals or something really cool. I mean, if nothing else, you'll see rabbits, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and state animal, the bighorn sheep, definitely has a big presence there. So they're really cool to see all of it. It's just, uh, it's spectacular. If you like getting outside and seeing that kind of stuff, that is quintessential Rocky Mountains. 
Yeah, and um, the next one on the list is one of my favorites. So yes. number four is Cripple Creek. And if you haven't heard about this little town, it is a little town, kind of nestled into the mountains. And how long does it take to, to drive there from here? From Colorado Springs, I don't know. I would say it takes about 90 minutes, mm-hmm. maybe a little longer. Yeah. And you're going west into the mountains. My favorite thing about it is, I mean, it definitely is a historic town. It's really cute. It was originally a mining town. Silver mining, yeah. Silver mining that kind of exploded. And they have this awesome train that you can uh, pay to go on and then go through this little tour and through the mountains. And it's a really fun train ride. And I love trains. Yes. So it was, like we said, it's a historic town. It was a it was a mining town. There was really a big silver boom that brought a lot of people from the East Coast to Colorado before it ever became a state. Um, I think that Cripple Creek at one point was the most populated populated town in the state. And then, you know, soon quickly went bust and it just dwindled down. But uh, now it's actually a gambling town. There's casinos there because everything is legal. So if that's like your kind of thing and uh, you enjoy that, you can totally head up there and hit the slots. Yes, it is a, a cute little gambling town, and there's lots of things to do. I mean, we went in there, and we did put... Um, did we use slots? Yeah. Yeah, and then we like ate at this really nice buffet that they have at the casino, which is like tons and tons of food for cheap. Yeah. It's one, nice. The, one time my grandmother came up here, and she, she and my aunt uh, went up to Cripple Creek, and she was like, oh... I'm just going to go hit the dime slots, dear. And she goes and puts in one dime, the very first one, spits out $3,000 worth of dimes. She was like, okay, I'm done for the day. (laughs) My aunt was like, no, you're on a winning streak. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's a cool little town. The next place that we have is Breckenridge, which is probably our favorite ski town, I would say. Yes. It's, It's really quaint. It's... Just a typical, like, little mountain town. Um, it hasn't been taken over by big corporate hotel hotels and restaurants and stuff. So it still feels very small town. And pretty much from anywhere that you are, you can see the ski slopes. You don't have these giant, like, lodges or uh, condos or anything in the way. So it's really, I don't know, it, it feels it feels quiet. It feels like you're at home. Yeah, it feels like it's really young and fresh, and it's a bit cheaper than some of the other mountain towns, too, as far as, like, it's really easy access to the ski slopes. You can also go on, like, there, it's called um, the Free Gondola, like the Breck Free, I think is what it's called, and you can just ride up the mountain for free every day, and um, there's lots of little things to do. We found really nice places to eat. There's this really good food truck there. That you can get, um, well, there's lots of little fruit trucks and lots of little places to eat. And it's really, really good. Um, we've tried different kinds of coffee and, like, really good beef jerky and yes. all kinds of stuff there. So. And you had the best carrot cake of your life there. It's true. We did. Yeah. And it's only about an hour and a half away from CU Boulder. Um, so it's really centrally located. So it feels a bit younger and, like, hipper, too. Yes. So all the college kids like to go up there and ski. And it's about an hour and a half from Boulder. So it's about an hour and a half from Denver as well for the path that you take. So it's a if you were to just land at DIA or something or be coming from Denver, it's it's 
it's a pretty quick trip. Yeah, and there's both skiing, like winter activities and summer activities. So you can go hiking, mountain biking, you know, skiing, snowshoeing, all that stuff. So it doesn't really matter what time of the year you get here. It's still really pretty. One of the best kept secrets I could tell to anybody is go to a ski slope in the summer. There is still equally as much things to do and a lot less people and it's really nice out. So definitely try to hit ski slopes in the winter or the summer. You will have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So that was our final um, favorite place to go for like a weekend getaway here in the Rocky Mountains. Um, Let's talk a little bit about some driving tips. So driving in Colorado, what are some things to know? So I don't know if this is actually what it's called, but when you visit here, you'll notice people wanting to take a left if the light is green, but there's like oncoming traffic, so you can't go yet. People will do what I call the Colorado creep, and they'll end up in the middle of the intersection to get as quick of an opportunity to go as they can if there's a gap in it. And they'll also do it so, like, if the light turns yellow or red for them, they will be in the intersection, so they, they got to go. They can't wait. I will say that I think that is a Colorado Springs thing, because we've lived in Denver and Boulder, and there is much less of that in Boulder, I will say. We didn't see that. I didn't see it as much as I see it here, because Boulder is really strict on regulating their traffic lights. And if you're in the middle of the intersection and you run a red light... You're going to get a ticket. Mm-hmm. And like in the Springs, that is much less regulated because they don't have as many of those like video video cameras or whatever on the lights. So people mm-hmm. do creep out into the middle of the intersection a bit more. So something else that you should always know about driving in snow, uh, just as this is a blanket method I try to teach Carrie's family or Carrie's friends that come up here from Texas, if they come up here in the winter... I tell them that they should, if, if it's snowing, just the easy way to be more safe in the snow is if you have an automatic, just put the car in gear two. So it'll just stay in two and it will not have enough torque or power to like peel out the wheels like first gear would. And it would not, you won't be able to go so fast. The engine will help slow you down rather than you having to slam on your brakes and go sliding which is not something you want to do. So that's just what I teach everybody. In case it snows here in the winter, just put the car in two, and you should be much safer. That's if you don't have a four-wheel drive vehicle, yeah? No. That's that's any vehicle. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I would say. Um, speaking of four-wheel drive vehicles, I mean, it's definitely a, a good one to have here. Um, you'll see most people will have, they'll at least have a, a winter vehicle and a summer vehicle, if not just a vehicle that will be able to do winter all the time. So all-wheel drive vehicles, four-wheel drive vehicles. You don't see many back-wheel drive vehicles here. So we had some friends move up here from the south as well, and they had a back-wheel drive car, and they're like, yeah, it'll be fine. We'll we'll just, we'll get used to it. And no, like (laughs) that, like January, the car was sold, and they had an all-wheel drive one. Yeah, I mean, those are just some of the things that you don't know when you don't live here or you haven't visited here much. And another tip that we have from first experience, firsthand experience, is to make sure you have the right kind of wiper fluid for your car. So in Texas, we have a lot of bugs and a lot of humidity. So all of the wiper fluid that you can buy at like a store or a convenience store or something like that has a lot of bug 
uh, repellent or like these bug degreaser, it's, you know, it's water solutions. based. Yeah, so it's water it's, based. Yes, it's water and soap based. So it's going to freeze at 32 degrees while the stuff that mm-hmm. they have that they sell here is alcohol based so that it won't freeze until like negative 40. Yes. So when we drove up here, um, when we moved across the country, there was one time when we were driving uh, through Denver to get to Boulder to get to our new place, and it completely froze. My So the water and everything from the roads, from the dirty snow and stuff, was all over the car, and the water had frozen in the wiper fluid. And we had, kept having to pull off, manually clean it with like water bottles and stuff, uh-huh. and then get back on the freeway and head back into Boulder. And it took so long. I was so stressed out. I I basically looked like Ace Ventura leaning out the side of the car window, but like in like 20 degrees. You know what I mean? It was -hmm. was horrible. So just make sure you check your wiper fluid if you are going to travel here during cold weather. Yes. Do you have a favorite format of something that you like to listen to when we're on road trips? Because I know that we we like to listen to a lot of e-books, but when we're like traveling around, what, what do you like? yourself personally well we do travel a lot mm-hmm. um whether it's a day trip a weekend trip in colorado or across the country back and forth to visit and stuff like that i personally love listening to podcasts and audiobooks i feel like you're like being really productive and you get to listen to a lot of cool stuff like we love listening to all the harry potter books and mm-hmm. we've listened to them multiple times um we've also listened to some of the game of thrones books yes so those have been really really good um when you have like you know, a whole afternoon or even, you know, let's say seven or eight hours, um, even our 14, 16 hour drive that we've been on sometimes. It's nice to have long books that you can listen to. Definitely. I like that a lot. Um, one thing I do want to do is give a quick shout out to Native Camper Vans. They are a startup in Denver and now have, of course, expanded elsewhere. They're also in uh, Salt Lake City, I think. And then they opened up somewhere recently, too. But um, basically what a camper van, as you may already know, is like a really cool van that they've outfitted so that you can sleep in it while you drive. Well, not while you drive, (laughs) but you can pull off and sleep even though there's a place for you to sit while you're driving. It can have like a little kitchen in it and storage and all this kind of stuff. So it's perfect to have basically like a, a tent in a van. Um, And it's really great for weekend getaways and camping adventures that you wanted to have in Colorado. Uh, We actually rented a camper van from them for a whole week. Actually, it was probably about 10 days or so um, back at Thanksgiving time. And we drove down to the Arkansas um, National Forest down there. And we stayed for like a week with my family. And it was a really amazing experience. Like, we loved it. It was one of the most comfortable beds (laughs) we had ever slept on in this like little tiny camper van. And uh, anyway, they were really great to work with. We loved having that as an option when you don't want to like either buy a bunch of camping gear because it comes with everything, like all of your dishes and your towels and uh, like little chairs and everything that you would need um, for like a camping adventure or a weekend day trip or something. Yeah, it was a it was a really cool experience. I thought that we would feel like sardines crammed in there, and we even got the smaller van, and it felt roomy, and we both slept great. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was a great experience and it stayed warm. Yeah, it which really was a surprising did. thing. Yeah, we actually got caught on the way home going through Kansas in a massive blizzard. And so the roads were really icy and they shut down um I-70 for a while and all that, but we stayed warm the whole time and we actually got across the the roads just fine. Like it wasn't super 
I mean, nothing was wrong with it. It was really great. And it stood up to everything that, you know, Colorado and and Kansas and Arkansas and everything threw at it. Yeah. It was great. To wrap up the show, we always like to end with a tip for finding free or affordable activities in Colorado. It's our frugal on the front range section. And Colorado is actually known for its breweries. So if you're visiting a brewery, you can actually see if they offer a free tour. And it could be a fun activity and you get to drink for free. So my dad actually went up to the Coors Brewery in Golden and he did the tour. And then at the end, they give you a sample of the beer that has never been heated and cooled down and heated and cooled down, which is usually something that happens to beer when it's in transit. It was fresh from the still, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it was cold for the very first time. And my dad said that was the best beer he ever had, which... Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it'd be interesting to try. If my dad thinks Coors would be the best beer, I'd really like to go to a really good like microbrewery and see what their stuff is mm-hmm. fresh off the tap. I bet you that would be fun stuff to do. All right, well, that pretty much wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. To learn more about this episode and any of the resources we talked about, visit our website at hashtag coloradolife.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave a review. It helps us get discovered by new listeners, and we love to hear what episodes you're enjoying. So thank you for listening. Until next time, get out there and explore our beautiful state.